Hello everybody and welcome once again to the Two Stop Podcast. My name is Hayden and as always I am joined by Espanocon's biggest fan, Paul. How are you getting on sir? I am doing the very best Hayden. Me and Esteban are going to run riot in this week's race. Oh, predicting big things are we? Maybe. Glad to hear you keeping up the support. Anyway folks, today what we're going to do is give our top 10 predictions for the Australian Grand Prix and also share me and Paul's earliest memories of F1. So starting off with the top 10 predictions then, Paul, you're currently free one behind the leaderboard, so I'll let you kick things off. Who is your podium finishers for the Australian Grand Prix? Well, my podium finishers is plain sailing apart from the last podium spot. So I've got a Red Bull 1-2. I got Verstappen first, Perez second. And third, it's not even Fernando Alonso. I have gone for the man who's held the podium in Saudi Arabia for at least 20 minutes, and that is George Russell. Oh, bold shout, okay. And a bold shout of mine is that Fernando Alonso won't even be in the top 10. Oh, sure, going with like sort of I did last week of predicting George Russell wouldn't get top 10. You've seen how yes. well that went for me, so yes. hopefully it'll as do a bit l- better for you. As luck will have to run out, it has to run out soon. It's going too well for him too soon. It's, uh, it's a five thing, it could be a False sense of of reality. <laughs> you think the classic Fernando Alonso bad luck's going to kick in sooner or later? Sometime it will, and I don't know. I have a s- sneaky suspicion it's going to happen in Australia. Do you think his Carol blew up, or do you think with the pit stop growing first? Because Aston haven't traditionally been great at pit stops, have they? No, they haven't. Um, I think it might be reliability, just because of how Stroll uh, had a reliability issue. Um, oh, okay. In Saudi, so maybe something of that. Um, I was going to think maybe he might have a stinker for race, but you know, he might be at the latter half of the points if that is the case. But I'm just thinking it'd be a, a terminal car problem. So, uh, who's your top three? Any surprises, or are you just going to be born and go to the usual top three? Well, I am going to be born this week. I'm going to go for Rax at number one, Serge number two. And I'm going to go for Fernando at number three. So your uh, gamble on Russell is, uh, you know, you're not going to do that again, are you? No, it scared me. I'm not going to try it again, <laughs> no. So, uh, no, I just think Max is always going well over in Australia. Uh, last year you retired, to be fair. And actually, I say he's, going, he's never actually won the Australian Grand Prix, has he? I don't think he has. I don't think he has. I remember in 20, no, Australia hasn't been on the calendar for a couple of years. Like last year's the back first one since COVID. But remember in 2019, he had like done away to overtake both Ferraris and strategy yes. and on the track as well. And then 20, and so I think it's always been really, really sort of strong enough suit checker for him. And last year he came second, or was going to be second in the engine, give up on him. But the Red Bull car is just, I think, too dominant. So I think Max number one, Sergio number two, and I'll go for Fernando number three. I'll stick my faith in Fernando. Do you think Red Bull? Could potentially had some more problems this race, like Max had in qualifying, or do you think you know, like they'll just sail off into the distance with no no problems? I don't know. It's, Melbourne's kind of always been a weird one for Red Bull because it never last year. Remember how far he was off the Claire's pace before the breakdown, even? Yeah, the Claire was like twenty seconds, I think, ahead of him at some point, wasn't he? Even before Max's car blew up. I think and he had then, some sort of good advantage on yeah. him. Yeah. 
And I can't really remember. I think the best ref, I think the best finish Red Bull have had since their dominant years in Australia was Ricardo second during the race, and he even got disqualified then. But we'll give yeah. direct his podium. Uh, yeah, I think that was the last time a Red Bull car actually finished that highly in the Australian Grand Prix. I could be, I think so. Who would be your fourth, fifth, and sixth? Do you know what? For number four, I'm going to back Lance this time. I'm going to go Lance Stroll, number four. Lewis in fifth, and I've gone Charles in sixth. Okay, so you've gone basically the two strongest cars at the minute, just locking out the first four slots. Yeah, well, Lance has done well in his last race. I know he was lucky last time, the technical gremlins in Saturday. But he never in Bahrain. He's one of your drivers of the day because of how well he drove with his broken hand. And he hopefully that's kind of all healed up a bit now. And I actually was tempted to put him in third, you know. But I will just go for fourth for now. I think this will be his best race so far. Do you think he'll get a podium this year if all the stars align out for him, right? Oh, yeah, definitely, yeah. If Aston keep up this development, definitely will. Yeah, I can actually I see him getting at least four, four or five. The big yeah. question will he win a race? That's the big one. Now, the stars will really have to align <laughs> for that to be the case, but I wouldn't put you know, it against them because, you know, like in Turkey in 2020, he should yeah. have won that race, you know, before things went wrong in the pit stops. Like, he, he was comfortable out there. If he does five more races how to win, he enters the top ten on most races how to win in Formula 1 history. Hmm. I think you were take Suto, maybe, in that one. Yeah, so like it's it's funny how you forget how long like he's like been in like twenty seventeen. Yeah, like twenty seventeen. He's only nineteen too, or was he even younger in nineteen? Was he? He might have been eighteen, maybe. Yeah, he's seventeen because he's youngest ever podium finisher. Mm-hmm. Isn't it? So that, that's crazy in itself. But I mean, what about you? What is your where are you predicting is Lance in your top three or a second? Sorry, fourth, fifth, sixth. So my fourth, fifth, sixth is pretty much the same drivers, but in slightly different order. So I have Leclerc fourth, Hamilton fifth, and Stroll sixth. Now here's us talking up Stroll, and I have him, I have him sixth. Down basic behind but, Mercedes and Ferrari, okay? Yeah, I think they're kind of, and Mercedes and uh, Ferrari are kind of, kind of evenly matched, and I don't know, Seems maybe, way, yeah. maybe this might be a, a Red Bull, uh, an Aston Martin weekend. Uh, where they just have some problems, so that's why I'm sort of putting them down in sixth. But it's still a good result, you know. But mm. I don't think he'll be pushing up higher than he probably should, just maybe because it might be a tough weekend for Aston Martin. Bold prediction, okay, I like it. Any more bold predictions from seventh to tenth? Uh, seventh to tenth, uh, there's no card of Saints in my top ten either. Ooh, so I have so no Alonso and no Saints. He hates no Spaniards. Spanish, right? <laughs> no, so come on, no Spaniards. So who else in your top ten? Who's the surprise? I have two Frenchmen in the top ten. So I have Pierre Gasly in seventh. Right. I have gone for Kevin Magnussen in eighth. Uh, Esteban Ocon in ninth, and for <gasps> a slightly a slightly uh, uh, bold claim here, I've gone for Valtteri Bottas in tenth. You've put Esteban behind Gasly. Yes. And he's your man. Well, according to you, he's my man. But he I've, your man. Yeah. I've put I've put him down in ninth. I think they'll be tight. They'll be tight together again 
Um, I don't. I think maybe Gasly would. This might maybe be the first race he'll maybe outperform him. Um, and they're both on the same like running in the same in the same race. So, yeah. um, I don't know. I just had a. I just had a wee feeling like if I, if I kept going for like one driver or the other, it'll probably come back to bite me. So I'll, I'll mix it up a wee bit. Do you think Saints will find a gravel trap again? Uh, it's harsh, but maybe. <laughs> if something, something will go wrong for him, maybe. I don't know, maybe clip a wing or something in the first lap and ruin his race. Who knows? But I have sort of uh, kind of safe. I've gone for George Russell in seventh. Went for Keller Sainz eighth. And then ninth, I've gone for Pierre Gasly. And tenth, I have gone for Alex Albo. Okay, you have you gone for the his heroics from last year? Yeah, uh, he's actually been driving kind of well so far. Because I know in Saudi Arabia he was, I know he was out of the points, but he was still running kind of well for his brakes field. And I think Alex just developed it more as a driver here. He's like the stand. I think he's going to be the leader of that team now. And the Williams has actually performed kind of well. In fact, I seen a stat there after the Aston, they had the biggest jump in terms of performance and race pace in Saudi Arabia. So that's always a good indicator. I think they're like a second quicker than they were last season. I know they're still the slowest car last season, but it's still a remarkable jump in performance. So yeah, I think Williams are slowly trundled along very nicely. Yeah, they're kind of like Haas in a way that they're like sort of hovering around the top 10 or yeah. they're trying to creep into it. It kind of seems like it's Haas. Alpine a bit of a head Haas. It's kind of more like like you say, Haas of the time of Sonoda. Mm-hmm. Haas, Sonoda, and Albon kind of floating around there. I'm sure Nick DeFries get his acting gear eventually. But mm-hmm. around then, around then for sort of 10th, if something goes wrong with the top of cars, yeah. Yeah. Who do you think? So you think Alonso's going to have an absolute nightmare? I wouldn't say he'll have a nightmare himself. I just think he might just have a bit of a reliability gremlin in the car. Do you know what we haven't actually seen yet? A crash between two driving a big one. Are you predicting a big crash in the first quarter? Like I mean, Schumacher on Barrichello? Yeah, <laughs> I don't crash. want a big crash to happen, obviously. <laughs> but Australia kind of always brings up an instant. Like, there's a tight street circuit, there's a fast street circuit. It's got gravel traps and walls always close by. And last year, Saints and Vettel, didn't they crash out? E- no, Vettel didn't yes. crash out, but he had the spin. Yeah, it was last spin. year, the stroll and the TV one, wasn't it? Yeah. And Yes, that was okay. in qualifying. Yes, that's right. Yeah. It's like Australia always kind of brings up some sort of crash incident in most Grand Prix it does. So yeah, I will predict the safety car and maybe that could mix with order a wee bit. But yeah. yeah, Australia always kind of has an axe and it's very tight first corner, isn't it? It's very unforgiving type of track. Yeah. So definitely. And there's a lot of punchy drivers in the grid. Like Max, George, Lewis can be punchy as well. Kevin came back. Yeah, Sonoda so could be punchy. Oh, I hope he is. I love that wee man. <laughs> but uh, yeah, like I think there could be an accident. I think this will be the first race we see two drivers properly collide with each other and bring out a safety car. Obviously, hopefully everyone gets out safe and well, but yeah, I think this could be the first one of my predictions for this race. Yeah. First big proper shunt. Yeah, it, has been, it hasn't been one yet, hasn't there? Has it been any in practice? Oh, I think so. fair, the race has been good enough this year between the Lord... Uh, Lower midfield, like some of the moves in Saudi Arabia are really, really good. Everyone's been very clean and yeah, fair. Very yeah. Like no one's really made any like mistakes as such. 
apart from like Stroll and Alonso, that's probably like the biggest sort of coming together we had in the first race. Yeah, even then, that was just that was a bad weird luck. one. Yeah, I think luck. that was more bad luck than anybody's fault, to be honest with you. Yeah. Yeah. So yes, uh, for our uh, subtopic of this this week's episode, we're gonna share our basically our earliest F one memories uh, from years gone by. Um, I don't think we've actually talked about this, Hayden, about how we've sort of got into Formula One in the first place. So it'll be very interesting to hear how we both got in. So, uh, do you want to start us off? Like, what is your earliest memories, or what's the first things you could remember about watching the sport? Yeah, we're probably going to show age here, but but uh, weirdly, my earliest memory is Eddie Irvine's Jaguar. I just never that green car going around the track. It's a yes. very odd memory to have because the Jaguar was never really particularly impressive in any stretch of the imagination. But I kind of remember it. I remember his helmet and the car going around the track. And I think I just liked the look of it. Like the Jaguar was a beautiful looking car. It was one of my favorites of all time, to be honest with you. I kind of had like uh, similar vibes of Toyota when they first came in. Something oh, very yeah. similar. I just love the look of it. Yeah, so the Jaguar and Eddie Irvine, and Eddie obviously being Irish too, Irish myself. Mm-hmm. So we're all, I kind of had that attachment to him a wee bit. I was always, I wasn't, uh, didn't remember much this Friday, to be honest with you. Kind of before my time a little bit, but I remember him in the Jaguar. Do you have any memories of like a particular race that sort of sticks in your mind? Like any a sort of race? Ones? Um, or any season? Too much. Uh, for the four first race, I kind of really remember like properly I can sort of recount from the start to finish kind of was do you remember Alonso's massive crash in Brazil? Yes. Yes. 2003 wasn't it? Interlagos yep. I think. Yeah. Yep. I think that's the one because I remember looking at that crash going oh my goodness like that, he must be hurt. I thought like I was my first welcome and went whoa this is dangerous stuff you know. <laughs> that was your first I welcome. Remember, <laughs> welcome yeah, I remember that, one. that was when I never, also I remember the controversy after it because never me and my dad talking about it. I remember um, it was given the Fizzy Kelvin, wasn't it? It was fizzy, um, it was given a reckoning initially, and then things like a week, oh, was that week a... after they gave it a Fizzy Keller. Oh, yes. No, you're right. That's right. Yeah. Because I remember the Yellow Jordan as well, kind of. And I remember the debate about that afterwards and talking about it. Yeah, that's the one race I can't remember from start to finish. But it and Eddie Irvine's, Eddie Irvine's one of my favorite drivers back in the day. That was two main memories. And what about yourself? What is your earliest memories? Well, my dad used to have uh, me beside him watching the races like in the late 90s. Well, obviously, I can't recall <laughs> races now, but <laughs> I think I sort of half remember me talking to him about Spa in 1998 when I was really young. I always used to watch the old fellows and stuff, but obviously I can't remember actually watching it at the time. But yeah. I would say there's a number of races in the things the 2001 season that sort of sticks out in my mind. Like the very, I'd say maybe I can sort of half remember uh, Spain in 2001, only for hacking and retiring on the last lap. And that's the only yes, sort of part I can sort yeah. of half recall. And there's one particular story I have. And it was the Hungarian Grand Prix in 2001. And I think Schumacher won his fourth championship in that race. But okay. 
there's a there's a st vivid story I have of that day, and it's nothing to do with the race. Is what happened <laughs> before the race. <laughs> I must have been outside, uh, riding on the bicycle just around the house, and I was like, you know, pumped up, you know, excited to watch the race, and you know, like later on the day, and I ended up falling off the bike and skinning my leg, and that is, and that was on the that was like an hour before the race, and I remember that day so clearly. Um, it's weird how them sticky memories, isn't it? Yeah, it is very strange. But that I just remember being buzzing whilst well, not race and then up skinning my knee, then it sort of have ruined it for me. <laughs> yeah, put, put it down there, yeah. Yeah, and there's a couple of crashes as well, like you with Alonso, that sort of sticks out in my mind. Like Germany in 2001, I think uh, Mike Schumacher, he had a very slow start and he was actually slowing down off the grid and then one of the cross cars just went over the top of him and did like a bar roll. I just remember Ooh. that thinking, oh my. <laughs> that was a big yeah, bit of a crash. Yeah, it's isn't it? It's like, whoa. Yeah, and one more crash I remember was in Austria in 2002. And I remember this crash more than the whole controversy between Schumacher and Barrichello. It was the crash between Nick Heidfeld and Takuma Sato. I don't know if you remember that or see that. I can't say I recall it, no. Uh, so you look, you're going up the after the first corner, going up the big long straight into the yeah. braking zone. Uh, I think Nick Heifel, I think he lost the car in the braking point, and his car sort of spun and went backwards, cut across the chicane, and Takuma oh, Sato yes. was going around, That's and right. it clipped the side of him. And I just remember sitting there, him like being stretched out of the car and being taken away in an ambulance, thinking, "Is he all right?" <laughs> you know? Yeah, I think I remember that now. Actually, you know, I'd say that there, yeah. Yep. And I remember that crash particularly well. And I also remember the crash with Ralph Furman in 2003 for Jordan. He it was in a practice Ralph session. Furman. There's a, a yeah throwback name there. I was in a practice session in Hungary, and I remember it being on the news at the time. Like I think he was, uh, I think he lost his rear wing like halfway through the straight, and then he went to break, and the car just literally went straight into the into the buyers. Like he lost no speed because he skimmed through the gravel trap. Yeah. And I think he got stretched off as well. I just remember that accident being on like on like the BBC News, like like in the evening time. Who was your like favorite driver growing up? Like who did you have an attachment for? Um it's actually quite a lot of drivers, you know. Like I, I like obviously I like Michael Schumacher and I like Yeah, Mika he's kinda like stuck out to me, yeah. Yeah, I like Micah Hackman as well. Like I was always like confused as to like when he was gonna come back. You know, that was like, oh, he's, <laughs> he's, he's only taking a rest. I'm like, well, he hasn't, he hasn't given back yet. <laughs> so, he's still good. He's still he good. Come back still. So, Paul. He might come back still. He might come back. So I like hacking. And I had a wee thing for like Heinz Arnold Franson. And like, he always liked Franson. I've never yeah, got your obsession with Franson. I, I don't I've know. never understood that really. I don't know. Always, there was something about, about him that uh, I kind of liked. And, Physicala as well, and McKaytfeld. Oh, he did love Yeah, I think just and Eddie Irvine obviously as well, and like there just there wasn't really one particular driver that really stood out for me. It's just like a big like all the drivers, you know. I just yeah. kind of I liked all of them, you know. I had I really liked Jensen Button when he came in. Anyway, when he's in like the BAR, mm -hmm. I was a bit further on, but I really hadn't like I really liked Jensen coming because I kind of like the underdog. And you know, he was just kind of always like third and all second. He never really got that win until yep. Hungary, obviously. 
So I always like I like Jensen early early noughties. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then obviously I think when Kimmy came in and Sauber, you know, he was very young and punchy, yeah. and I liked I liked him and um I think John Alessi, I think in two thousand one he had like he was in his last year. You know, like there's just I think there's just that many different drivers. I wouldn't say one particularly stood out for me. I just loved watching the race and like the, the races. So those are kind of like my sort of earliest memories, but then I also had like a lot of old Formula One games like that I used to like play and like I sort of like knew a lot of the drivers through them sort of games. So like I used to have like oh. 1997 Formula yeah. One and like obviously knew the drivers from them. Then I like up to like 2000 and 2001 games and I just sort of knew every driver and every team off by heart. And it was my favorite F1 game, F1 2006. What a game! Like, there's just so many good. I, I think it must have been, I think it must have been 2000 that uh, had a particular fondness of that game because you can actually, like, your engine can actually blow up and, like, call it, like spit out fire and stuff. And then none of the other games did that. And for some reason, I just had always had a fascination about I want to blow my engine up. I don't know why, <laughs> but I, I always wanted to see oh, can I actually make this work? <laughs> You know how much money can I cost this team? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> when would you say you would have started watching the races like live, like religiously live? Oh, religiously live. That's it. Um, the first full season I actually ever watched a full way through. Like, I mean, I think I watched every single Grand Prix. Was the two thousand seven season actually? Like before, I, I missed like a few one of the Schumacher's and Lonzo's ones. I still watched them, but always missed a race here or there. 2007 was the one I actually watched the entire way through. It was my first big one. Yeah. I was I, like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'll be, I'll be my first one with you. Yeah, I'm actually exactly the same. I think 2007. It? <laughs> yeah, it was the very first one. I actually sort of remember getting up early to watch the Australian Grand Prix. Life. I used to see him, yeah. And I like, remember talking to Dad about it and uh, talking about how hyped, you know, highly rated Lewis Hamilton was. And, yeah. You know, he d- it didn't it's disappoint. The, the post Schumacher era, too. It was almost like a weird time. It's almost like an unknown time, wasn't it? Yeah. Like, I, well, I, well, I think from maybe 2000, maybe, you know, two or three up until then, Dad used to record the races on old VHS tape whenever I didn't watch it at live at the time. Oh so the age there, VHS tape. Yeah, so <laughs> I used to I used to watch them, you know, whenever I got the time, you know, just to just just to yeah. watch the races that they had recorded. And then, you know, obviously it was Schumacher here, like it wasn't the most particularly exciting time. And then even like 2005 and six with Alonso, like still, you know, like I didn't I I watched a number of the races, like I think I think I, in one of my old tapes, I think the last one that was recorded was like 2006 Bahrain Grand Prix. Because I, I remember watching it and I remember Alonso and Schumacher having like a wee tussle uh, like halfway through the race. Um, and then I think really since then I have been like watching it, you know, like, you know, like on and off. I mean, well, not say on and off, but like a good handful of races and then missed like the odd one here and there like like yourself. Yeah, it was exactly the same. Yeah. You just really got the schedule sort of sorted out for it. Yeah. Yeah. Totally and, then, and then also when you're like that is when you're six, seven, eight, you know, like you have other things to watch and 
F1 you as do. well. Like, you know, and you, you're outside like half the time, like you're sitting watching TV most of the time. You know, uh, it was rare back then. <laughs> no, I totally agree. The 2007 my first one, and I'm sort of hooked ever since, to be fair. Yeah, like uh, it was a. Uh, uh, What's been your favorite season? I was going to say 2007 is up there, you know. There's just because like, nostalgia, kind of, but also because it's just such a brilliant season, too. Kind of both, yeah, kind of both. Um, and oddly enough, well, obviously, 2021 was probably in terms of like the drama and stuff, was probably the best I've seen. Like the controversy and like agree. everything. Yeah, I think 2021 was really good. I, I, I loved, loved 2012. It. Yeah, about 2012, I loved it as well. But for some reason, I was always I had a like a more fondness to 2010. Oh, interesting. Okay. I, for some reason, I loved the 2010 season and like everything about it and like how, you know, Red Bull were like qualifying, they were untouchable and then the race, they couldn't, like they were brought back down to earth and then it was quite, you know, even and then you had your four drivers going into the last race with a chance of winning and there's just a number of races that sort of stood out for me in that season, like Australia, in 2010 was a banger. Oh, yes. Absolutely. And then, and then you had um, like Korea. For the, for the two-hour wait we had at the start of the race, like everything from then on was just a banger. Yes. I remember waking up. I remember it's trying to set me down for the Korean Grand Prix. And mm-hmm. I missed it. I woke up like two hours ago, like, oh, no, I missed the start of the race. And run down to see what was going on. Like race like was stopped. And I was like, oh, okay. Then. <laughs> yeah. This is, this is worked well for me. Um, I can't so, think 2010 is kind of good because like, compared to 2021 because it was 21 was like Max V. Lewis when 2010 was like Jensen, Hamilton, Weber and Alonso all could win a race. Yeah, and then you had Schumacher returning then as well. Yeah, so it was a big hype. Yeah. It was a like big hype as well. And, and then you had your 13 teams, you have your PHRTs and your Virgins and all the all, no, all, them, all them sorts of teams. Oh, yeah, the proper underdog teams, yeah. Yeah. No, something about that season sort of made it stood out. And it was like, I think it was the first season without refueling, but then it was also like the last season uh, without DRS. It was kind of like a weird yeah. season in that sense. Like, it was sort of like transitioning from like the refueling days to like the DRS sort of days, but I was like hovering in between the two. It was neither here nor there. It was, it was quite strange, but I liked it. Right, Hayden. So, is that us, or do you have more brain teasers for me? Well, I got a couple of brain teasers for you this this week. Great. That's so, awesome. I mentioned earlier on the race about Lance Stroll. I only needed six more races for to win to enter that top ten list mm-hmm. of drivers how to race win. Can you tell me who's number one on that list? Can I have a clue? If I ask, if I ask oh. a question, can, 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 <laughs> no. can you prevent me? Okay. <laughs> Um, sort of two in my mind. I tell you, what, if you give me your two answers and you'll get it, I'll give you a clue. Okay, Phil. Oh no, but close is number two in the list. Nico Hulkenberg. Number three. <laughs> oh god, <laughs> I'm going down. <laughs> uh, right, well, how's Boris McLeod? You promised me to, you promised me a clue. He, he raced predominantly in like the year before us. It was like these sort of like late 80s, early 90s, I believe, kind of era. Oh. Did the Cesarus win a race? 
I'll take it there. Wrong. You are correct. Oh, yes. <laughs> Paid over 200 F1 races, had a race win. Got a few podiums, but never actually won a race. Yeah, it's crazy to think a driver like back in that era can have, you know, so many races uh, because of like, yeah, like 15, 16 races a season. So that's like bad yeah, longevity. Like, how many seasons would he been in that day? He probably was in it like 13 or 14 seasons. Fair play, the guy. Must have been like, because he had nowhere near the amount of races. Yeah. Uh, well done. Thank you, Hayden. So my, uh, my form's gone up. You entire top three. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting better at these, and I promise really I'm not talking it up. <laughs> but, yes, Hayden, thank you very much for the gossip and the crack today, as always. You too, sir. Um, thanks everyone for listening to this week's episode and we will see you again on the next one